What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. Go. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. So guess what, guys? I mean, we got such great feedback on the trio, you know, bringing y'all the fire uh, last couple episodes. We say, you know what? We're going to run it back. Don't ever play yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank y'all for tuning in to the Melanin Money Show. Jacqueline Carter, how y'all feeling, man? Yeah, what do they say for trios? Is it terrific trio? Is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we better than Three Musketeers, so I can tell you that. Right. So we're going to have to figure something out. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm glad that people really appreciate the episodes with us three. We're going to bring some more guests down the line. But I like it when it's just us. It's a good flow. It's a good flow when it's just us and we get to really just have fun with it, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I mean, it also will force us to, like, make our guest episodes more in person. Um, so that way, you know, we're forced to get out of the, get out of the house and travel a little bit and tap in with the folks. Matter of fact, it's matter who do y'all want to see on the show? Who are some of y'all's favorite thought leaders providing game to those aspiring melanin millionaires? Who do we need on our show? Obviously we have some people that we know we want to invite, but we want to invite who y'all want us to invite. So make make sure sure that person lives in a fun place. If y'all, if y'all can if y'all yeah, can, you know, Terry just happens to live in Puerto Rico. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's an option. But like, right. we trust y'all. Just make sure the person lives in a fun place. Don't send me nowhere cold for the winter. I, I love y'all. <laughs> we'll, we'll do New York and Chicago only in, only in the summer. Facts. <laughs> All right. Well, today we are going to talk about a topic that is taboo for some people. But can you do business with friends and family? Right. Mm-hmm. Can you do business with friends and family? You know, um, and there's a couple of instances that come to mind with uh, actually podcasts that are that are in the public eye where arguably like doing business with friends and family. Maybe it's hard to do. Right. Maybe it's not possible. But we wanted to kind of break down our perspective on how and if you can do for a business with friends and family. So before we get into like the actual like meat of the podcast, y'all, like, what do y'all think? Like, yay or nay? Should you? Can you? Would you? do business with friends and or family. Jacqueline, what you got? Mm, I'm going to let Carter start on this one. What you think about <laughs> it? Um, I think I would rather at first do business with friends than family members because you get to pick your friends, right? Who you're born with is who you're born with. So so I think, yeah, but like I would do, personally, I do business with friends first because I get to choose them. And then I vet my family members really hard because I don't want to lose the relationship over a business venture, if that makes sense. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I I get what you're saying about that. Like, you definitely get to choose your friends, but you don't get to choose your family. And and I'm not going to say that family is going to be there no matter what, but kind (laughs) of. Kind of. Ideally, right? No matter what. So, you know, sometimes that makes for a good work not working relationship but like a good um 
well, hell, even a good working relationship, because like I know I can tell you the truth and you can be here because yeah. just see you at Thanksgiving. Got to see you at Thanksgiving. So I think that um, I agree with you there. Like, you know, you get to choose your friends. Don't get to choose your family. Um, and if you can have a good business relationship with a friend or a family, I think that it's amazing. Right. And one thing that I want to kind of preface this conversation with is this technique that I learned about friendship years ago when I actually went to church. So there's this woman, her name's Shasta Nelson, and she is like a like a relationship coach for women kind of in that in that kind of world. And so what happened was we were starting in like small groups. OK, so I don't know if anybody goes to church, but like you may have a small group, which is like your community group. Like those are people from your church that you really connect with every week for like Bible study or just whatever. Right. To kind of do life with. So I started in this small group of women and we went to this conference where she was talking about how to manage your friendships or relationships. And so she gave this example. She was like, you really have this five circle spectrum. All right. So think of like five circles all next to each other, kind of like overlapping. And she was like, the thing that happens with most of us when we're building relationships, whether business or personal is we put friends or family members into the wrong circle. So each of these circles have a title, right? So it's something like, um, so for those who are on YouTube, you can see, but if you're listening on the podcast, just kind of think of like five circles in a row next to each other. So they're all leading in order. The first circle is like your contact friends, right? So this is what I like to think of as like my Instagram friends, right? Like I've never met you, never really talked to you, but we like each other's stuff on Instagram. We're cool. Those are like contact friends. Then you have like common friends who are maybe somebody you talk to on like a deeper level, but they're not necessarily a like friend friend right like you guys have those right yeah 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 yeah. so then in the next circle you have your confirmed friends like this is like okay i know this is my homie i call them i talk to them we're cool we we may kick it from time to time that's like a confirmed friend right then from there you move on and you have community friends so these are people that you start sharing like intimate conversations with right so you know you got that homie that you like man i haven't seen him in two years but i know i can call him up with anything anything i need to talk about any situation i can call this person like that's your community friends and then finally you have your group of committed friends so like this is my person i talk to all the time like almost every day we facetime doesn't matter if i have my bonnet on or what's going on like this is my committed friend we talk about everything she knows all the details about me right and so that may be your family family but it's important to know so I have what's called a dysfunctional family and so I have to put my family into these categories and I have to put my friends into these categories because what happens if you don't categorize your friends like this then your expectations are off we're going to talk a little bit more about expectations but you're going to be expecting a contact friend to act like a committed friend if you haven't categorized your friendship. And you obviously don't need to tell them, hey, this is our, we're, we're contact friends. No, you don't need to do that. But you have to know how, so you can internalize how that relationship is supposed to operate and how that works, right? So you can't be mad at the person who you join in a small group with who's not acting like your committed friend because they're not your committed friend. They're your common friend. You guys have something in common. So I hope that that's helpful as we kind of talk through this of doing business with friends or family members, because you have to categorize every relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, some really great. I, I don't think I've ever thought about it 
like that granularly, that's good. That's, that's good context. I think the way I've always thought about it is like, you got friends you can kick it with locally. You got friends you can road trip with that's driving distance. You got friends that you can travel the world with. You got friends you can do business with. In a perfect world, some they kind of all overlap, right? Mm-hmm. But that's how that's kind of always been my benchmark. Like, yeah, I, I go to a kickback with you, but I ain't going to Jamaica with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> um, or I ain't breaking bread with you. So I like that breakdown too. So now let's talk about like, you know, if you are going to do business with friends, because obviously we're all friends on this podcast, right? So mm-hmm. if you are going to do business with friends, like how do you go about it, right? Because we don't always want to like, you know, keep the myth going like, oh, mercy, I shouldn't do business with friends or like, nah, it can be done. And just like anything else is not easy, but you just have to be intentional. So the first thing you got to do is you got to start out the right way, right? So no like fly by night, yo, we should, we should do this business together. We'll figure it out when we figure it out. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's make it happen. Like, nah, you got to have the conversations on the front end. One quote that I live by is, um, unarticulated expectations lead to premeditated resentments, right? I'll say that one more time. Unarticulated expectations lead to premeditated resentments. What do I mean by that, right? If you don't have the tough conversations on the front end, if you don't say exactly what you mean on the front end, right, all you're doing is letting future resentment fester, stew, and brew, right? You got to have those tough conversations up front, right? Who's doing what? What value do you bring to the table? What is going to be our legal structure? What do we do if and when we unravel this, right? It's almost like, you know, if someone's getting into a marriage and they decided that they needed a prenup, right? Like you need to have that tough conversation on the front end, right? That's the first thing you got to do before you go into business is make sure the paperwork, in the words of Wallow, paperwork makes the paperwork, right? You got to- Oh, that's a bar. I never heard him say that. Okay. Yeah. Paperwork makes the paperwork, right? You got to make sure that paper is right. So that's the first thing you got to do if you're going to go into business with friends and or family. Yeah. And I think that we're a testament to that, right? Because when we started the podcast, we started the Melody Millionaire Club, like, you know, we all homies, but like when George came and flew to LA, you best believe it was documentation in his book bag, right? Like it was, <laughs> it was formalized paperwork. Like, bro, we got to sign this, we got to do this. You know, here's the, you know, here's the paper because we we had a joint venture. But like, if your friends are business minded, they should expect that. If your family members are business minded, they should they should expect that. And it's so much easier getting things done on the front end than the back end because. If y'all thought it was 50-50, but then when y'all y'all blow up and the person really only been carrying 20% of weight, it's gonna be some tough conversations that happen to be had about how right. we gonna split this, how we gonna split this money. So I yeah. think uh documentation on, on the front end is huge. Yeah. Mm, the the documentation is huge. I also think on the front end, like again, <laughs> just to beat a drum, like you need to understand who are your friends and who are your professional friends, because I see this getting mixed up a lot in the entrepreneurial world when people mm-hmm. are trying to work together and they're like, oh, yeah, that's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's your professional friend. Like you guys may get on Instagram live together. You may do a class together like you guys are professional friends because you don't have a genuine, true friendship like you have to learn how to categorize that. So. I have been saying that like, like, that's my professional friend. It's not my BFF, but it's a professional friend of mine. And that helps me to just kind of understand again, like how, what to expect from that relationship. And so that I also know what I need to give to that relationship. And so yeah. to your point of having the documentation up front, 
as humans, we are naturally prone to operating out of like a crisis, like something bad happens, something goes wrong, and then we want to make changes, right? So I've got a lot of people asking me like, what should I do with my stocks right now? Because everything is down. And I think I should sell. And I'm like, well, now you want to act out of a crisis? It's natural, though. So it's important to have that documentation done up front. Okay. Um, but just so y'all know, this is, this is wonderful content. All right. And I didn't say that this is wonderful content. Uh, Mel MSCC left us a five-star review on Apple podcast. And she said, wonderful content. Shout out to Mel. Okay. She said, this podcast is informative, genuine, edifying, and refreshingly down to earth and authentic. I'm grateful for the team's unified and enthusiastic style of sharing their expertise. Their guests have been equally regal, solid, and transparent while sharing their expertise. This honorable trio, George, Carter, and Jacqueline, are humbly transforming our global community. Keep rising. Thank you. Can, can we get another... From Mel? Yeah, another round of Mel. Shout Thank out to you. Mel. We appreciate that, Mel. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Man, now nah, these reviews, like Carter always say, that's what keeps that's what keeps us going, right? Because we show up here, you know, we record these podcasts and we, you know, hope that we're providing value to y'all. So keep sending those reviews. And again, if you want free game, all you got to do is send a quick video clip, audio clip, or text soundbite to podcast at melaninmoney.com. We'll feature you on the show. And if you want to actually literally be featured on the show, send a video clip. We'll have our editor mock it up, bring you in the screen, all that good stuff. So tap in with us. Appreciate the content. I mean, appreciate the review. And uh, we're going to keep bringing this fire. So let's get into the next point. Um, and this is a good one, right? Determine your what you bring to the table and what equity percentage or how you guys are going to break things down on the front end as well. So we already mentioned paperwork, but I wanted to take a, a, a level lower. Reason being is because most people who just start business with friends, the natural assumption is like, let's say it's two people. It's 50-50. 50-50. Right? You know what I'm yeah, saying? 50-50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that thought process, but, and I even give Carter credit on this, right? Sometimes you also like, one thing that I always say is I don't want hundred percent of the bag. Cause I got, that means you got to do hundred percent of the work. So if you want that 50%, make sure you also want to do 50% of the work. Right. And that you're willing to do that. Right. So Carter has a very keen awareness of his capacity and the things that he wants to involve himself in so that he's not going to just jump to say, Oh, I want, you know, this, or I want that. Cause he also knows on the back end, there's probably going to be other things associated with it. Right. So don't be so quick to think that, having less than 50% if it's a, if it's a partnership is a bad thing, because what that means is if you do have less equity, then by and large, the weight that you carry should also be less, right? Sometimes people want more of a passive opportunity. Maybe you just want to be a capital or a silent partner. So make sure you're clear on that, right? Don't, don't get caught up on small things too early. So for example, uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, Steve Jobs, rest in peace, Steve Jobs, like all of these guys, Elon Musk, all own less than 14% of their companies, right? Now, granted, there's context there, publicly traded, shareholders, et cetera, but they're all billionaires. So my point is, don't be so caught up on how big a piece of the pie you can get and determine based upon what you bring to the table and based upon the workload and effort that you want to put in, are you getting a fair shake relative to that, right? Because so many times people want a big piece of the pie, but they don't want to be, they don't want to do a big part of the work. And that is what causes friction and tension. And it's the same, like I'd rather have 20% of a lot than 100% of a little, right? And we you know what that means in a partnership standpoint, 
if you're not capable of doing 50% of the work, then you need to let somebody else do it. Cause then with y'all con- collaborative work, y'all can, y'all can make something big. And now because you took a lower percent on the front end and you took 20% of your capability, y'all now can grow a big bag. And, you know, again, 20% of a million is better than 50% of 50,000. Right. So I think right. people got to really bring that in, in, into, into construct into that mindset when they're structuring the, the deals and like, don't be scared to have the hard conversations. If you know, you bring in somebody just for equity and then you're going to be doing all the work. Don't give that person 50% because they're not doing 50% of the work, unless it's a huge equity play. So I think just having the conversations early and really understand how businesses work, you know, can set you up in a, in a, in a good starting point. Yeah. I think it's important to note that building a business and defining these terms is really more of an art than a science. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can't give you the exact answer that you're looking for, but it's important to note that in addition to everything that George and Carter said, if you have a 50-50 partnership, at the end of the day, who makes the decision? Mm. What's the deciding factor, right? You have to outline that. And then you have to also have, are we talking a little bit more about the agreement? Because you also have to have that disposition lined out, right? So what if somebody wants to leave the business? Where is that outlined? And oftentimes that's why you'll see a lot of people structure their business 51, 49, you know, so it just depends. And it's hard to say, um, you know, should it be 50, 50 for you? Because it's like, well, maybe this person brings a whole lot of connections and the whole marketing side of the business. And I don't have those connections. Right. So it's very arbitrary. It's art. Right. So design it how you like kind of giving a note on like when I figured out things were arbitrary, when I bought my first house. And numbers just, you guys know, because you bought prop, like numbers just get thrown around. All the, mm-hmm. oh, well, I need this for this and that. For, and it's like, those are arbitrary. You just made those numbers up. Like, right. you just, right. so when you're creating these deals, remember, like, you're not going to be able to go Google exactly what you're looking for, most likely, because your business, your partnership, what you guys both bring to the table is going to be different. So you've got to figure out how to define that and make it work for you. But you do have Absolutely. that flexibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, The other thing, too, is you really want to and this is an important one, like you want to get crystal clear on the outcome of what you guys are looking to achieve and what you want from it. You know what I mean? Because now, granted, it can evolve like we can take our business. Right. Like literally it started as a completely different brand and then now it's something different. Right. So that's not what we're saying. We understand that the journey can evolve. Right. But ultimately, you want to be pretty clear on like what the destination is, because what, what would happen is you get into it, you just get started and you just oh, we'll figure it out. And then time comes to like actually start making those moves. And you're like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to be this. I wanted it to be this. And then that is another way for problems to arise. Right. You could have had the paperwork done on the front end. You could have felt clear about the value that you bring to the table, but maybe you weren't crystal clear on what you guys wanted from the business. Right. Like, for example, you know, I want the Melanin Money platform to be a household name. You know what I mean? I want it to be uh, ultimately a fintech platform, right? And so I'm very clear about that vision because I want to make sure that we're all aligned, right? So that when, as these things happen, because we don't talk about anything that isn't going to happen, as they start to roll out, it's like, oh, we actually all wanted this and we're just now arriving at where we want to go. So it's very important to get clear on that because what you don't want is people to be unclear. I mean, we, again, it's not... I'm not saying it's foolproof, right? We've seen some of the largest companies have these issues when you watch the documentaries, you know, Facebook, you know, all sorts of companies, right? It's not that it's foolproof. 
But to Jacqueline's point, if you outgrow something or something does change, well, what does it look like if I decide I want to walk away? Because that's not always a bad thing, right? It's not always a bad thing. It just might mean that, you know, things changed. And it's like, okay, mm. well, how do we do this in an amicable, respectful way that was already predetermined so it doesn't feel like shady on the back end? Because it was predetermined when we were on good terms and everything was fine. You can't be mad when a person wants to exercise their option. That's all it is. Hey, no love lost. I want to exercise my option to, you know, take my share and walk away or keep my equity relative to what I'm, what I'm entitled to, even though I'm no longer functioning in this role, right? You can't be mad if someone exercise an option that they're entitled to, which is why you got to be crystal clear on the front end about what that looks like. Yeah. I yeah. I was good say, to, go ahead. I was going to say, I would say, especially with family. So just what George was saying, like, think about that in, in the context of your family. Yeah, and I think what really helps people that is not talked about enough, having the maturity to say, hey, I'm talking to you as your business partner versus, hey, I'm talking to you as your sister. Hey, I'm talking to you as your brother. Hey, I'm talking to you as your best friend. Be OK and have the like maturity to say, I'm talking to you with my business owner hat on. This is the conversation and this house is going to go when we're done with this. I could put my brother hat on. But having that disposition and that just clarity of giving me the floor to speak and letting the emotions out the conversation. I think that's what really helps with like family owned businesses. And it really helps with when close friends open businesses together, because mm-hmm. that way you don't lose the friendship or, or use the family relationship if things don't go right. Right. Because right. y'all have that understanding. I'm speaking to you as a business partner. So I think that's, that's a little hack that people can implement. Um, you know, if they're going to do this. And another thing, like, like George said, don't bring somebody in who can do what you do. If me and you have the same expertise, why are we doing a business together? Because now we're going to be com- competing and arguing over control over what we do. So, for instance, y'all in, in the Melanie Millionaire Club in a podcast, Jacqueline handles certain things, George handles certain things, I handle certain things. And George, I, I give you the credit for at the beginning, really laying those out in a, a great analogy that you use, right? But like, now we all understand our assignments and we all can still own our assignments within the business. So when things go right, we know who to give credit to. When things go wrong, we know who to have a conversation with, right? So I think that's a great point in going to the business, knowing what your role is and uh, having very expertise. Yeah, and that's a really good point. I actually did a podcast on my previous podcast um, with a couple who was in business for like, I don't know, probably they had been married for like 35 years and been in business for like 22 years, something like that. And they said, when they go home at night, right, it's like, hey, I'm talking to you as your husband mm. or, or, right, or I'm talking to and then during the day, I'm talking to you as the CEO of the company, right? And so it's like, because if not, when those lines get blurry, you start taking things personal, right? Now, I, at the same token, we're all human, right? So you do want to make sure that regardless of the hat that you're taking on or off, that you're doing it respectful. Because at the end of the day, you can't just say, well, I... I was cussed you out because I'll have my CEO, I have my CEO hat, on. hat on. It ain't gonna fly the household. You know, it's gonna have dinner ready when you get home. Like it ain't gonna happen, right? So it's like <laughs> you still gotta be respectful. And I think what was really, really helped me is like, again, when you define the nature of the role, define the expectation, define where we're trying to go, you're not attacking the person, right? What you're saying is, hey, we agree that this is what this role needs, right? This is what the company needs in this particular role, right? You just so happen to be the person fulfilling that role. Now let's re- let's review what you're doing in comparison to what that role needs, and is there alignment? If there's not an alignment, let's call it out. Let's let's make the change. But it's not me personally attacking you. It just means that the company literally needs this to win, and you're currently not 
cutting the mustard, right? It's not personal. So I think that's been very helpful too. Is, is, is cutting the mustard a, a, a thing or did you just make that up? I, 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 I won't let you get away with that. I never heard cutting the mustard, but, it, but you know, you said it. I believe stuff that you say, bro, but I have to well, make sure that. Well, was- listen, Carter, you were raised in Chicago, George uh, and Charlotte. It's okay. But I just, just he looked at me. He looked at the way he said. I'm like, bro, I don't know if I'm let that slide, but but go ahead. <laughs> it's a thing, right? It's a thing. Okay. Um, but anyways, if, if you're not meeting expectations, Thanks. right? Um, then that's just where the conversation is, because then it's not like I'm not attacking you individually. It's like, well, can we both agree that for the, our company to be successful? This is the, these are the boxes that have to be checked. Can we both agree to that? Great. Okay. Can you agree that you've been checking those boxes? Uh, I checked three out of seven. Okay, cool. Well, if we agree that we need all seven checked, then can we make a change? Do you feel like you can check the other four? Then that's, that's an easy conversation versus like, I can't believe you are dropping the ball. You know what I mean? Um, Why are you? It's not an attack on you. So. I just, just want to shout out to Majesty right now. This George's wife, y'all don't know her. Uh, I want to shout out to Majesty right now because it sounds brutal. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, it's it's a good it's a good you know way for you to have this conversation. Um, you know, I watched another podcast with another couple who they've been entrepreneurs for a while, and somebody asked a really good question. They were like how do you as you know a business couple manage like you know your household between your four kids and your three businesses and all of this and they were like you know we don't let arguments linger so if we have an argument about you know how we should be raising the kids they were like we don't let that argument carry on for more than 24 hours they were like we de- we decide that we're going to fix that problem right in that moment So they were like, we've even delayed meetings during the day and had to like cancel and reschedule because nothing is more important than our relationship. So we put our relationship first before anything else. And I was like, that's interesting. I'm not. And and, and George, I think you handle your relationship like a business. I think that's why you're so like good at (laughs) separating the two. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's important. Right. Like if because like like you say in your example, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. The numbers are saying that we're not achieving these things. So I think, guys, if you all could just take some of this game and adopt it, if you're going to do this and just like, you know, because a lot of it is about perspective, right? A lot, a, lot is, a lot of it is about context over content. So if you're having problems within your family business or within your friend business, don't attack the person. Look at the numbers, let the numbers speak to the person. And then you just it's a simple yes or no. And I right. think that that's going to help you all get to the next level in your business. Uh, yeah, because yeah, exactly. Because ultimately, but, we all want to win. Right. So that's yeah, that's yeah. what we can agree on. Like, yeah, unless something has changed. Right. And so it's like, hey, are we still is the North Star still that we want to do X, Y and Z? Because you can you can literally back into the problem because they might say, well, I don't want to do that no more. Oh, well, we don't even need to go deeper. But it's like, <laughs> oh, we still want to go here. Right. OK, great. Well, can we then agree that these are the things we believe? Or do we still believe these are the things that are going to get us there? Okay, okay, great. Well, if these are the things and this is where we want to go and these things aren't happening, it just literally works itself out, right? But you have to have the patience to be able to make sure that you're articulating that in a meaningful way versus just immediately being frustrated and saying, why are you not doing X, Y, and Z? For a second, I want you to imagine a club, a club that is exclusively designed to help you transform your relationship with money, a club that creates the pathway and the guiding light for someone who is an aspiring melanin millionaire, the one who wants to be the wealth starter in their family. Now, instead of imagining, I want you to learn a little bit more about the Melanin Millionaires Club, because that is exactly what we've created. 
right? We've created an ecosystem where you can finally get the clarity that you're looking for when it comes to your finances to give you the confidence that you now know exactly where you're headed so you can make better financial decisions and ultimately give you that feeling of control that you've been seeking instead of your finances feeling like they control you. Let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Number one, you're gonna get access to money challenges, you know, and different challenges to help you level up with your money in fun and creative ways. You're gonna get access to a community of like-minded people who are all on the same journey of marching towards financial freedom in their own right. You're gonna have an opportunity to win money milestones so that we can award you on your journey to becoming that melanin millionaire. You're gonna get access to guides and resources that you need to be able to dive deeper on your money journey. My most favorite and important probably aspect of this platform is you getting access to my pocket advisor, which is our flagship feature where literally it's like having myself and other advisors right in your pocket. Because let's be honest, right? You can take a course or even try to Google the information that you're looking for. But sometimes knowing that you can have a mentor that you can just call on and ask a specific question is worth its weight in gold. So you get that as a part of the premium membership. You get access to classes to learn about a variety of different money topics. There's channels with a bunch of different money content like Netflix, but for financial education, right? And you have investment opportunities, right? From time to time when they present themselves, I'm gonna share different investment opportunities exclusively with my network. Not to mention if you sign up today, you're gonna get access to seven other bonuses just for being a part of the network. So if that sounds like something that would be valuable to you, I strongly encourage you to click the link, link in the show notes and learn more about the Melanin Millionaires Club and how you can be the first generation millionaire in your family. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what I, I think that's what helps. But what are you going to say, Jacqueline? I was going to say that if anybody needs more tips on this communication piece, you should join us in the Melanin Millionaires Club because we have some really good playbacks in our financial flicks where you can go watch these on-demand videos of us talking about how to talk through these things. So we have a specific playback, um, how to manage relationships when your language, when your love language is building wealth. That's a really good one that everybody should go catch. That's, um, that's a fire title. I need to go back and catch that one. Yeah, I'm about to say I'm gonna, I'm gonna go double back on that one. That was, that was that one of yours. You know, your girl did. She did a thing. You know. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, did, I did do that one. Okay. You need a. You need a. You need a course or ebook about that. I'm just calling it right now. I think true, like true, true, true. Let me drop. Just... Let me drop an ebook for you guys. Um, hey, you but you so the thing that I'm. I think we're all kind of tiptoeing around right here, which is not our regular typically we're just straight through but we're kind of tiptoeing around the money like if your business this is when you're going to start feeling stressed when your business is not producing what you think it's going to produce financially then you're going to start feeling the pressure of like well why are these things not getting done why is my partner not doing this why aren't they doing that right and that's when a lot of the miscommunication will come into play when you uh -huh. are feeling financial pressure so i think that going back to outlining the beginning of your relationship you should outline when you're going to start taking profits or start taking money mm. from this business. So yep. I know a lot of people recently, like kind of the number I've been hearing is people waiting six months. They're like, hey, we have this business partnership. We're waiting six months before we access any of the profits or some people are waiting until they're truly profitable, right? 
whatever their mark is, one year or maybe it's a million dollars before we start taking profits, people outline that in the beginning and that can help with the communication. Yeah. The other thing too is like um, be be firm in the outcome, but flexible in the approach, right? Like it's not, it's okay if things do do evolve if do, and they do change, right? Like the goal is to get, in this case, to Florida, right? But you might have originally decided that you wanted to drive. And then at one point you're like, uh, now let's take, let's take a, a, a boat. And then another time you might be like, nah, we got to fly, right? Like be flexible in how you get to the destination, right? When the facts change, show, so should you, and that's okay. Um, Another thing, too, is like understanding the difference between equity versus compensation or profit sharing. Right. You can go into business. Right. With with people. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like you guys are both equity partners of the business. Right. If one person is just like, hey, look, I have a big platform. I got a big audience. I don't want to I don't want to do none of that background stuff, but I can make sure I can drive some revenue for this, though. You know what I'm saying? Then y'all can probably enter into like more of a profit sharing agreement, right? Um, which is also great because then it's incentive based. It's like, okay, well, if you think you hush, you know what I'm saying? Then great. You're going to get rewarded relative to the effort that you put in. So also be, you know, you can be creative with how you go into business with people. So shout out to Pinky who owns Slutty Vegan. Um, actually, I got this from one of her podcasts. She gives equity to almost all her employees, right? But it's phantom equity. Right. Phantom equity in the sense that if she decides to exit or go public or whatever the case may be, yeah, they'll they'll be able to, you know, win and share in the upside, but not so much so that at the end of the year when, you know, she's trying to determine she wants to open up another location. Well, she has to take some of that profit and give it to her employees. Right. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but there are creative ways. You just got to know who you're doing business with, you got to understand what their desires are and if they're okay with that. Because if they're okay with that, then that's a way for you to show that you care and add value to someone, but also not be in a position where it's detracting from your ability to reinvest into the business and grow. Because to Jacqueline's point, if you're doing business with somebody and you're like, yo, it's been three months, six months. I need that check, bro. I need that check. check. Right. But look at Amazon, right? Look at this. Amazon pay a dividend. No. Right. The reason why I don't pay a dividend is because they're aggressively reinvesting money to grow the business. Right. But if you can obviously own shares of the company. So, you know, you just got to understand like what, who you're doing, doing business with, are y'all on the same page? Are they okay with the timeline of what it's going to take to get the business to the next level? Because if not, that's going to cause friction too. If one person's like, I'm cool waiting for two years. Another person's like, nah, I need two months. I need my money. You know, y'all going to be in conflict constantly. And I think I think you know because I think transparency is big on this on this podcast. Like when we came together, we were like, all of us were in the financial place where we're like, we don't need money for this business for at least twelve months, right? And because we had that conversation, I think is we don't have as many you know money issues or money conversations as other people do because we came in with alignment like, hey, we're in the financial position where we can go twelve months without taking money from this company. And that allows us to keep our vision on the North Star and not the month to month, I need my money because I got to pay rent this month. And I think that as a, as a point to everybody in the room, if you'll go business with somebody, make sure their money is decently right, right? Because that's the last thing. You don't need them trying to, you know, worry about paying rent when y'all trying to worry about growing a business if you, if you can't avoid it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, also, so let's talk about some pros, right? We gave you kind of some of the disclaimers and things that like you got to be mindful of. Thinking. I don't even think none of it was bad. It was just, you know, things that you need to be aware, aware about. 
Um, one of the great things about doing business with friends is you can spend more time with people that you love and that you like, right? How many of y'all have, you know, remember your corporate America days, or maybe you're still there and you like literally dreading that person who is so annoying. They think that they're your friend and they just like talking your head off at lunch or the water cooler or whatever. Like, man, I can't wait to leave this place. But imagine being able to do business with people that you like, right? Y'all can travel together, right? And it's a, and Carter will get into that, right? And it'd be a, a business expense, right? Y'all can just be more connected because the fact that not only would y'all hang out if y'all weren't doing business together, but now y'all also are spending the time together when y'all are doing business, right? It gives you more time to be around people that you love and care about. And I think that's dope when it's, you know, done the right way. Yeah, and I'll, I'll speak on the tax piece and I'll let Jack, Jacqueline round us off. Like the dope thing about doing business with your friend and or family members is that the things that you all do together become a tax deductible expense. So for instance, if we if we all fly to Miami to do a podcast, we get the right off the flight, we get the right off the, the, the you know, if we go to dinner, we get the right off the equipment. We get to travel to Miami together, have fun and get, get write-offs for the travel, right? And then other things that we do together. So it's a way, it's a hat for you to spend time with people that you love um, earn money together, break bread together, and save on taxes together. So from a financial standpoint, if done correctly, this is a huge hack and huge way to keep the money uh, in the family and, and out of Uncle Sam's pockets. Big facts, big facts. Yeah, what's your favorite saying, George? The one that I don't like? It ain't no fun if the homies don't get none. <laughs> yeah, I, that like, part. I like that saying. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite saying, but I do. <laughs> Something about it is just gross, okay? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's... Like Carter says, context matters, right? We talk about money. It's true, though. But it's, yeah, but it's true, though. Fair like, enough. don't you want to put your people on? Like, everybody, I talked about this on another podcast. You talked about the tax piece, but what you did talk about, Carter, is the black tax, right? And that's the tax that young professionals pay for starting to make money in their family, right? So it's like, you get the bag, and now everybody wants some of the bag. Mm-hmm. I never knew that was called the black tax. I am running with that. Yo, that's yes. that's that's fire. If you're the only person to make money in your circle, everybody gonna be pulling for one percent. Right. Like next thing you know, you got ten percent, ten percent of money. Because away. not yes. only not only do you have to like worry about having the money for your own future, then you got to have money to take care of like you know the past previous generation, right? So it's like your money is you know spread thin because you got to take care of everybody. Now Grandma, also. Mom, now, now, also, okay, first of all, that originated in Africa. That's why it's called the black tax. Just so y'all melanin folks know. Okay? okay. But even if you're not like that still affects everyone. But I think the biggest thing here to remember, honestly, is to extend grace, because if you've worked or you work in corporate America, then you know how melanated people are treated, how we are paid. So don't hold that against your parents. Like I hear a lot of people who are like, oh, my parents didn't do this and didn't do that. Well, there's a chance your parents weren't able to do that. Like there's redlining. There's a lot of red tape. Right. So extend grace to your parents who, you know, they didn't have access to the Internet like we do now where we can just get all this information that we couldn't get before. Right. So extend grace to people when you are paying the black tax because they had to deal with some other hurdles that you don't have to deal with at this point or just aren't as heavy. And to give you some quick game. Right. If you are that the one in your family, right, who's going to have to be that guy or that girl to be able to, you know, bless people, here's a tip. Don't just give out cold, hard cash. Either do one or two things. Either one, buy assets that produce cash flow and then let them get the cash flow. Because if not, they're going to keep coming back to you, right? Don't just give them the money, right? 
buy an asset and say, hey, you can get the sum of the cash flow from this asset because the asset is going to keep producing it. Because if not, they get $100 from you this month, they're going to come back next month. And then before you know it, they're going to bleed you dry, right? I love so that. money in an asset and let the asset pay your family. The other option is what we're talking about. Put them on payroll, right? Is there an opportunity for you to work in the business, right? Which, you know, skill versus proximity. One mistake, one of my biggest mistakes in business is I have a big heart. And so like in the global pandemic, when people was laying people off and like, blah, 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 like I'm looking to hire more people. I'm looking to put more people on, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's contractor employees or whatever. But the problem that I made is that I hire based upon proximity, right? So-and-so's cousin, she, she do some digital marketing stuff. Oh, bet. You know what I'm saying? And she don't do no digital Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, so it's okay to hire, but make sure that you're putting people in a position to succeed. And here's the thing that you can do. Like, for example, my, my, my little brother-in-law, shout out, to, shout out to Micah, literally talked to him yesterday. What I said was, hey, look, I don't mind exercising nepotism to give you an opportunity to work with me in some capacity. However, there is an actual role that needs to be fulfilled and you need to acquire the skills. Now, the nepotism comes into play is that I can hire somebody right now who already has the skills, right, today. What I'm willing to do is give you, a t- give you time to learn the skills, prove that you can do it, and then once you prove that you can do it, then I'll pay you, right? And so just make sure that if you're giving people opportunities, don't put them in situations that they can't succeed just because you love them because that's where the frustration is going to come from. Right. You might want to hire them, but do you want to hire them to run your ads? Buy the best doggone digital marketing ads course there is. Make them take it, then have them run some sample stuff and then hire them. Don't just say you're my family member. So you get a role and you mad because they don't have the skill set. Right. To do the job. Set them up for success if that's your if that's your M.O. And but that's how I would do it. Don't just hand out money because now they're going to be dependent upon you. And that's going to create more frustration and more friction. Yeah, I, uh, I think I, I think I've done a good, great job training my nieces, nephews, little cousins. They never ask me for money anymore. When they call me, and ask for money, say, "Hey, uncle, how can I earn some money when they're working with you?" So now I have I carve out a position, cold calling, social media, whatever. But I need to take a step further and not just give them the the role and turn my blind eye to it. I need to give them a role and a course so that they can actually prosper in that role and make us both money. Right. So, right. So win-win comes a win-win. Yeah. I think that's really good. If you're in the position to do that for those who are paying the black tax and you just have people just asking you for money, kind of going back to like the beginning of the point that George was making, you just, I like the idea of like buying assets that will produce income for them, but sometimes you don't have the time to do that. Like you, you're, right. you're in, they got to be producing to really produce. Right. So you got people who just, they need money. How do you know if you're supposed to give them money? Are they going to bleed you dry? What's going to happen? I think you have to do an evaluation of their situation. You have to have a conversation with them. Right. For example, I had a sibling who was like, yo, I need $1,500. And I was like, okay, why do you need this money? And what happens when you start asking people questions? They don't <sighs> want to answer the questions. Right, you doing too you much. The, you want the money? Yeah. You better do something. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you this money without you telling me what the money is for. Like, so you have to have that conversation. And so nobody, nobody in my family, they know, don't come ask me for some money unless you got a whole story of what happened and why it's not going to happen again. (laughs) Like, because I'm not here to to pay for your lifestyle. That's not what we're doing. It made me think about this meme. I can't remember what it was. Like, it's the exact moment. It's like, 
I don't care how solid the story is. I ain't got, you ain't getting this money, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, my family, well, you, you be getting red dragons. They, they but, got stories, man. Yeah, story. But funny, funny story, literally See, just two days ago. So Madge got a text. Like, apparently it's a new scam, right? So Madge got a text from this woman and she made it seem like she was she had text the wrong number. She was like, Lee, I can't believe you got me out here with no power on. I ain't had power since Christmas. Your daughter in here, cold, blah, blah, blah. Sent a post, like sent a picture of the, of the little girl. Um, and so Madge sends me the text, shows me the text message. And I'm like, and she's like, you think it's a scam? Or you think somebody like actually out here? And she's like, I was like, I don't know. So I was like, so reply. She was like, hey, you think you got the wrong number. Sorry you're going through this, but this ain't Lee. <laughs> right, right, right. And so she's just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I, I, I didn't mean to text you, but I'm just going through it right now and blah, blah, blah. Right. So me being me, like I have I have what, you, what I call a it doesn't matter number. Right. So like to, to Jacqueline's point, you're not going to be able to do due diligence all the time if someone needs money. Right. But there might be a certain amount of money that like you literally could lose and forget about. Right. So everybody needs to have like that number to where it almost is easier to give that away than have to that have to the story. Have, yeah. have to hear the story, right? Like here, take this, take this 20, take this 30, whatever it is, right? Mm. But define that number for yourself. But anyways, back to the story, I was like, you know what? She could be lying. She could be scamming. But I'm going I'm to I'm give her the money. Because she was at, she said she needed like 120 to get her lights turned back on. I was like, I'll give you half, almost half. I'll give you 50 bucks, right? Like whatever, yeah. right? And lied to you now. I was like, I, I should have known it was a mistake. The next day, she was like, my daughter's having a seizure. I need an yeah. Uber to get to the hospital. <laughs> she kept it going. She, and she got stories for every day of she the week. Me. But my whole thing was, I'm let God sort it out, right? I'm not giving away anything that I can't afford to lose. And if you're really going to use your daughter and me now having a son, like I can imagine using my son to scam somebody, right? You're going you to have a daughter to scam somebody out of money. Like that's on you and God. Right. You can take this 50 and whatever. But I thought that was funny because literally two days ago that happened to me. Also, think, think bigger, sis. I've seen people scamming whole corporations. You over here trying to scam people. Like, come yeah, on, think right. bigger. <laughs> That's the whole thing, though. Like, I, I, I t- posted about people like, yes, yeah, Mike got me, try to get me like that. Sob story, said they had the wrong number. So people are, but, but here's the thing, the energy you put into scamming people, I swear to you, if you, uh, you yo, directed that energy, yo, like, we got you time actually for this conversation, <laughs> but like my homies on the South side, I'm like, bro, all like such detail scammers. I'm talking about intricacies, like, like Ocean's Eleven type of scam. I'm like, bro, if you just put this into something that can actually legal and you can market, you will be a millionaire yesterday, yes. yesterday. Yeah. But you can't, but you can't hold on to the money because it's not yours. You gotta spend mm. it. That's real. That's real. All right. So, guys, as we wrap this episode up, one of another other really good pros of doing business with friends or family, in particular family, is legacy building through family business, right? Like, you know, people always try to not doing business with friends hey, and family, major but some key. of the most successful yeah. people. Drop that bomb. Well, that's a cash bomb. We're gonna do it anyway. We, we need a flex. There we bomb. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but, do. Um, but one of the um, major keys, some of the, the most wealthiest families built their empires, right, through family business. So, like, it can be done, right? But, like, I think to, around, like, Thanksgiving, we were talking about, like, having that conversation with your family. Like, just normalize it, right? Normalize these conversations, right? LeBron is a great example of this. LeBron, LeBron probably is the blueprint, right? It's like, hey, I'm, there's, there's one of us. One of us is going somewhere, Right. And what what are the pieces around me that I'm going to need to succeed? Right. And now Rich Paul got a whole name for himself. Mav Carter. I mean, these guys are crushing it all because they had the foresight. 
right? To say, how can we do this together? So it can be done. Like, don't get it twisted. It can be done and it can be really, really significant when you do it the right way. Facts. And as long as you have go-getters around you, because in the Brian case, go do this. Come back when you have the knowledge. I got you, right? And if your family members are like that, go-getters, they can go learn. They can go come back with the skills. You right. can have an amazing family business. And if they can't, then don't, you know, that's not on you, right? They, you know, right. like I said, you change the people around you or you change the people around you. If they don't, if they are not willing to get the skills and they don't deserve to get the bag either. Mm. Mm, that's a, that's a tough bag. conversation. It's a tough yeah. conversation, but it's real. People just want handouts, right? Like don't get like, now I'm, 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 I bet you that Rich Paul, Mav Carter are way more thankful than just being on LeBron's payroll. Right. Like because he got money like they like Rich Paul is the most successful uh, agent now. You know what I'm saying? Like, but imagine if he was just like, I'm LeBron's boy and I'm going to get paid because he getting paid. Like now you dependent upon LeBron not But but now he stands independent of LeBron. So it's like, you know, the key is, man, you got to want it for yourself, too. Like you don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur, but you got to be intrapreneurial at least. Right. And, and take do. ownership of the organization or the system that you're a part of. You do, but also don't come to me talking about generational wealth and then tell me you don't have a will, a trust, no beneficiaries. Like we mm -hmm. got to do all of the things for building the legacy. Right. And right. people forget that love and quality time are generational wealth, too. So mm -hmm. you can't be so focused mm -hmm. on the business that you don't spend quality time with the family because you're always working. Right. That's you got to make time for both. That's all That's part of your legacy. Because when you die, nobody's going to be like, yo, Forbes, Joris had the hottest watches. Like, <laughs> we're going to be like Forbes George. Like we got all these podcasts to remember him by. And, you know, that's his legacy that he left for us. So just right. remember that, you know, nobody's going to care about that Hermes blanket that you bought. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spend some quality time. That's a fact of the watching the car do cost the same thing. Just in this case, we were wondering. But <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, um, nah, man, this was fun as always. We'll catch oh, you guys on the next episode. Make sure if you want to continue this conversation, tap into the Melanin Millionaires Club, melaninmoney.com forward slash join. Find it in the show notes. If you're explicitly interested in all of the replays and the classes that we do, go to melaninmoney.com forward slash financial flicks. Just get it. Just get in the room. However you get in there, just get in there and we'll see you inside. Peace. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.